Have you ever felt overwhelmed by life or unable to see any other way through? Maybe you've even said to yourself, there has to be a better way. The good news is that there is always a better way. It's time to reclaim your humanity. Welcome to Getting to Unstuck, the 20-minute jolt that you need to help you in life and work. So let's get started. Morning. Good morning. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back to our, not only to Getting to Unstuck, but it is Thriving Thursday and we don't do these all the time. We only have a couple of these a month, so they feel as actually very, very special because we get to dive into some things that we are not uh, generally focused on on Tuesdays, which is our Teamwork Tuesdays. So welcome today. If this is your first time here, welcome to getting, this is a live conversation that is sponsored by Whole Human Coaching. And this is Whole Human Coaching, <laughs> the team, <laughs> our team, we, we work with individuals, with leaders and teams, and we help them reclaim humanity in their life and work. And that's what these conversations are always about. So if you are new here, we want to let you know that you can also go over to Whole Human Coaching and you can take our Wheel of Life assessment in case you're looking to find to find some direction for yourself. And we have some exciting things coming up on February 29th. We're going to be having our first live workshop and it is going to be about the actual nuts and bolts of how to, how and when to use a coaching conversation as a leader. So you're going to be able to find out more information about that in the next couple of days and to sign up seats are going to be limited. But in the meantime, today on thriving Thursday, we are diving deep into our personal journeys. We've called today how to make sense of this mess. <laughs> and the word mess, I think of like, oh man, well, when my daughter was little and if she had spaghetti and there was tomato sauce everywhere, but you know where it was supposed to be, that's sometimes what life and work and even just waking up in the morning and what we face can feel like. So we're, we're talking today about how we're, we're each as individuals and as leaders, what we're doing to break free from the clutches of stagnation in various aspects of our own lives and in our leadership roles and in our thought processes. So we're going to be sharing today some of the things that we're currently learning and working on because it's important for us to be able to, I don't know, to, to do the work, to show that we're doing the work and, and we are authentic people on an authentic journey as well. So let's go there. Mm. Um, Carol, I think we want to hear from you first, or maybe someone else has something they want to say before we get into it. Well, one aspect of this that was really interesting as we talked about presenting this for for our audience today was how often we also have different ideas. Mm -hmm. And part of the wonderful synergy that happens between the three of us is having the room to share our ideas and have a little discussion about it, a dialogue yeah. about yeah. what did, you know, how does that work? Or I don't know about that. So mm -hmm. I think each of us brings such a different lens and perspective, which is really what balances us. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about what I have been working on the last while. What keeps coming up for me is, especially in the lens of community and relationship this, mm -hmm. this month, is around kindness and belonging. Mm -hmm. And 
I have read and referred to in my work a, a book by a woman called Toko Pa Turner, and her book is called Belonging, Remembering Yourself Back Home. Mm. And she refers a lot to the innate wisdom and knowledge that we forget in our common and current world. And it's because most of us, to be honest, were not raised with grandmothers, aunties, people yeah. around us that remind us of who we are and give us some of those stories and tell us the mythology of, of our family history. So one of the pieces that Tokopa Turner invites people to do, and what I've been doing, is looking at what is my inner well. What do I draw upon when things are challenging or tough? And this is really my area of growth because I'm an intermittent mediator, meditator. <laughs> I admit that openly. I, I'm probably a more common mediator than I am a meditator. And it's not a practice that, you know, I think everybody, I feel like I should do. It's on my list but it isn't a common practice for me. So I'm looking and learning, and this is my learning for taking a look at it this month. What is it that will be a tool for me to help me remember to be kind and compassionate? Because kindness mm, kind of seems to be lacking in the world right now. Yeah. And it isn't just Tokopa Turner that talks about belonging. There's a lot of writers right now who are looking at what, where is kindness in the world and how can we evoke that? And I think even in our conversation that led up to this program, we had some different thoughts about who we should be kind with and why. Yeah. And, you know, I have noticed that there is a polarity that's even existing within me about what's right and what's wrong. And that's not helping in my sense of who I am and how, where I belong. So it's been a real eye-opening couple of, I think a couple of months. It's been since December that it's really come into my heart and my mind is how do I exemplify compassion and kindness and where am I really narrowing my judgment and starting to be pretty critical of people? Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Carol, I'm curious to know when you think about being compassionate and kind, what does that evoke for you when you think about what you want to see? There's the easy ones, right? Who I can be kind and compassionate with, the, yeah. the, my circle, my family, my my people. And where I'm really challenging myself is where can I be compassionate for people who I have perhaps a visceral reaction to, mm. a negative reaction to? And do they deserve my compassion and kindness too? Mm. Oh, that's an interesting, oh, so yeah. that's an interesting word that you just used right there, right? Like, do they deserve my compassion and kindness? Mm -hmm. And mm. who am I to judge? <laughs> well, yeah, I think I, and I, the reason I say that is I think that that's because that's actually something that we've all used, whether we've said it out loud or not, that's mm -hmm. a qualifying statement that we've, in, we internally have running probably in, in our, yeah. in our, in our inner dialogue. Yeah. So my challenge is is to consider the the statement, the beautiful statement of that may all may all sentient beings be free of suffering. Mm -hmm. Is that that means all sentient beings, <laughs> not just yeah. the ones I pick. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Wow. Interesting. Oh, go ahead, Colin. No, that's really interesting. It, 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 it I, I'll, I'll follow on from that when you're, when you're, when you're done. Absolutely. It's, Please it's do. Interesting. Yeah. Well, because the word that you said that I thought was so, so key there was judgment, right? And I think, you know, judgment comes from our learned experiences, of course, right? And, mm -hmm. and what we absorb and what we read and, and, you know, intuitive reactions and things like that. But I think, I think for me, when I began to see in the, in recent years, the, the sort of the, the division being created in our society and our, in our culture and the, and this sort of Remember in the past when things were true or not, and, and and it was much more black and white, and you seemed to be able to make sense of it all, right? And mm -hmm. you could learn about something or someone or an experience, and then make you know that judgment call, right? That you're that you were speaking about. Today, it feels as though there is nowhere to hold on to. Mm -hmm. In Right. That, that for me, anyway, it, it, I began to see the world kind of just like every reference point that I had in the past, just kind of disappearing like quicksand beneath your feet mm. or beneath my feet. So what I've been doing is is really working on sense making. Right. So so I've started to dive into history a little bit more into into geopolitics a little right. bit more into looking at megatrends, like what's happening at 30,000 feet that might be affecting my day-to-day -day work and play and business and relationships and, and judgment, right. Or evaluation mm -hmm. and analysis. And, and so, so how does, how do you, how do you, how do you put all of that through this filter of, of geopolitics and sense-making and history? Because I think what, what's happened with social media and the last sort of 10 or 20 years that, that we've seen go by is the, that this erosion around information that we were, we used to receive, you know, in the past you would read the Globe and Mail and the, and the Economist and a couple of, you know, psychology today and you'd be all right, I'm in the know. Right. And today or watch the evening news or the morning news today it just doesn't feel like that works anymore to me a lot of those a lot of those sources of information that we used to get that felt trustworthy now feel like junk food so yeah so so what i do and maybe this is uh, you know it, it, it kind of goes back to our leadership toolkit and and strengthening that strengthening your sense of self right mm. within, within this swirling changing times right and, and, and so, so I dive into books, I dive into videos, I dive into podcasts in those areas, you know, long form podcasts. So, mm. so, you know, stop the junk food. Right. And, and also there's so many words out there today that are tripwires and triggers, right. And we don't have to get into them here. We all know what they are, but, but, you know, dive into what that really means. Where did it come from? What's the provenance? Right. And, and and as we are, as we are, as I'm giving this this idea of stop eating junk food, and dive into a hearty, nutritious meal. Really dive into what's important for you, and be, mm. and around you, and nearby you, and and right outside your front door, right? Mm. So that's that's what I do to kind of ground myself in this world of, of, miss, dis, up, down, left, right, center. I mean. 
just it's just such so confusing. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. And what? also question. Sorry. Well, I have a question about that. What yeah. pulls you back to center, Colin? Because if you dive deep, sometimes you're in murky water. What what pulls you to the surface? I suppose it's my mission, right? So right. my personal mission of humanity, integrity, fearlessness, and and freedom from suffering. I, I focus my energy and my light on my reading around those connective tissues right so i i and i know it's so tempting right to 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 look at situations around us and and they can easily pull you down and pull you in and 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 mm-hmm. but are they are they serving you that mm-hmm. is that deep dive is that rabbit hole serving you and is it serving others or is it you you know, again, to the food analogy, sitting with a box of candy chocolates and just, you know, going for it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so, so I, I try and do that. I try and say, what am I absorbing? Is it aligned to my, my mission and to our mission, to what we're doing and and, and how can I contribute? But also if I'm going to go down that route on YouTube or whatever, or X, be aware that you're eating candies and you're not Mm. eating else. Sure. Right? So yeah. just that know know what you're consuming, know where yeah. the know where the ownership of it is, know what the incentives are behind it, because everything out there is such a product now, right? So make sure you're mm-hmm. buying the right stuff and making the right dishes and and consuming mm-hmm. and ingesting. But you're right, Carol. Rabbit holes are so easy to go down. Mm-hmm. I am a daily meditator, and I have to say, I, I wasn't for 55 plus years. But last year, something changed in me, and mm. I, I, I love it. And mm-hmm. if I don't have it every day, I feel like I'm missing a meal. Right. So that's that's my sort of framework for sense making in this in this mess that we're yeah. in. Inspiring. Thank you, Colin. No. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> Well, it's a lot there. I'm also a a daily meditator. So, and I, I recognize and acknowledge the fact that, you know, it is the thing that has grounded me. It changed literally is, has changed how I show up in the world. And one of the things that meditation has done for me is it changed how I observe things. And so, which leads me to what I have been thinking and working on a lot is I am currently reading a book called Be a Revolution. And Ijeoma Oluo, and she wrote a book. She wrote the book, So We Want to Talk About Race. And whew, the, it's, it's a lot, a lot of incredible insights. But I have been thinking a lot about what it looks like. And, you know, this is Black History Month right now. And mm-hmm. thinking about what that looks like for people of color in general in the world. And I was listening to, she was, the author was interviewing another author in in a YouTube video I was watching. And an interesting statistic came up. It said that 75%, three quarters of white people don't have friends of color. And that, but when they start work, often that is where they start to develop relationships with people of color. So right. 91% of their social networks are not, are, are 91% of our, our social networks are homogenous, 
So it's really fascinating to think about in general, when we think about the broad, the, the expansive work of diversity and equity and inclusion and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And always we talk about here about restoring and reclaiming our humanity in life yes. and work and thinking about what it looks like for whose voices are at the table. So in mm-hmm. regards to in regards to race, in regards to if there's any, if there's any ableism that is happening, if, you know, everything from thinking about our actual workspace to the voices and the people who are the decision makers and what it looks like to actually, it's one thing to say we have a safe space or to say we're a safe person, but how are we being held accountable to being a safe person for someone else? Mm -hmm. So this is, this is the question that I'm coming to in my, in myself is, is asking myself, how am I actively working to be a safe person and to be a safe place for other people? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting once, once you start to decide that you're going to actively look for opportunities and, and look for ways you start to recognize how you have made assumptions about how things go, how our culture works, how the systems that we're a part of, and you, and you start to realize how you're, you're contributing to it. And you have, a, I have, I have a moment where I'm, I am realizing that, you know, what, what is it going to mean for me to be that, that change showing up? Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's a lot of the, the work. And it's not just this month. I mean, this is like a lifelong work, let's be honest. Yes. But what's the is, answer, Crystal? What, well, what's your, what's your, what, what's your answer uh, for you? Yeah. So one of the things that I have noticed is that, so in terms of, in terms of, well, in terms of a lot of things, because when it comes to equity and inclusion, I am a cisgendered white, like white, visible white woman, even though I'm indigenous, I'm, I'm a white cisgender white woman who is able-bodied. So So sure, when I don't know if you've ever seen, there's the, actually, I think it's the government of Canada does this thing where it's like the circle of, of what is the word called? The circle of privilege that are like the, mm-hmm. the degrees of privilege. And you can mm-hmm. go through and, and, and see where you are to the, the obvious center privilege is. And recognizing where I am <clears throat> and and asking myself, how can I be more accountable for where I am, but how can I also leverage where I am? Like, how can mm. I be more to, to speak up, not speak to, but to speak up and amplify the voices and the story and ampli- and make the space for, to truly create, you know, yeah. if we say we want, a, we want a world where that everybody feels safe and that everybody's held to accountability for their actions, what am I doing? It's one thing for me to, to say that and, right. and and to believe, say, yes, I believe that, but in my actual actions. So there's been different areas where I'm like, hmm, that's, that's just really interesting. Is, are there assumptions that I've made? And <clears throat> there are a ton of assumptions that, that we make all the yeah. time around, around equity in general. So that, that we just, you know, you start to open, you start to tell yourself, and this comes back even to the meditation aspect is that one of the things that happens in meditation, <clears throat> excuse me, is that you start to learn how to objectively recognize 
things, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're having a thought, you're like, oh, that's a thought. And you're not judging it. You're like, okay, a thought came in. That has, <clears throat> that's serving me in, in my, in my journey of growing and, and in solidarity, it's, it's serving me because I'm starting to recognize things and, and be curious about that. Oh, that's interesting that that was my, that was my default, or it's interesting that, that that's never, that I've never noticed that before. Like when I go into spaces, you know, I, I remember, and, and I'll just kind of wrap with this. This is actually just around ableism in general. I remember interviewing in a previous podcast that I had with a friend interviewing a gentleman who started the stopgap. His name is Luke. And he said something very profound about what it means for him to, to have something accessible. It means that he feels like like he belongs there because Mm -hmm. he's, he's paralyzed. He profoundly and so eloquently talked about what it was for something to be accessible for him as someone who has been overlooked in those areas and how Mm -hmm. it feels welcomed in that space. And he feels like he can relax and he can bring Mm -hmm. his best to that space. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate goal and gift that we can give someone else is for them to be able to feel safe with us. Right. And so much of how we've been conditioned is to, is to survive and to protect ourselves and to assume that the way that we see it is the only way to see it. So I guess Mm -hmm. in short, I am in an uncomfortable, exciting space where I am asking myself some very difficult questions about what have I accepted and what am I willing and and what am I not going to accept anymore in how I'm showing up in the world. Mm -hmm. What I love about this is that each of us is still engaged actively in learning. Mm -hmm. And that what I love about our trio is that we continue to do that and feed each other and nourish, hopefully, other people and with provocative thoughts and ideas. Mm -hmm. Because that's really how this grows, which is what I love about this dialogue being shared broadly, is questioning what am I learning and how is it nourishing yeah. me? Yeah. And how am I sharing that so that others can learn from my learning? So that's why everything that we're doing is so important to me. And I think yeah. to, to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, learning, kind of learning out loud in learning, accepting the fact that you want to be held accountable for how you didn't know what you didn't know, but now you know, and now you can do better, right? Like, Mm -hmm. isn't that kind of what we just, that's what we desire in our leaders, right? Like sometimes I think when I hear an interview with a lot of politicians and they're like, did you change your mind? And I'm like, you have the most amazing opportunity to say, yes, I was wrong. That's really just what, like, you know, what would that do to build trust for people? (laughs) The exciting and, and, raw piece about this is that we are learning out loud right now and we're continuing to do the work. And as leaders, we choose to do the lifting, right? That's the difference. Like, especially in all the spaces that we're working in and the people that we work with, when it's my individual growth, then I choose to do the lifting. I don't expect Mm -hmm. someone else to do it. I don't expect someone else to teach me about all the, all the harm that's been done to them. That is not their role. My role Mm -hmm. as a leader is to do the work internally because that's how we grow, right? Change happens when we choose it 
not when it's forced on us. And that's the beauty of what we are doing. And what a lovely segue kind of to, to wrap up coming into at the end of this month, our live workshop that we're doing. That's what it's about. It's not about forcing people to change. It's about calling them into what they decide, how they decide to change and what's available and what's possible. Mm-hmm. So don't forget that to keep your eyes out for the information on that. Thank you, Colin and Carol, for sharing what's Thank you. What's going on with you? Yeah. If you have enjoyed this conversation, we invite you to, first of all, go back into the archives and like and share because there's a lot of good stuff there now. This is our 21st episode, so we're getting some serious resources piled up there. Don't forget also, if you are interested to learn more about us and our work, you can find us at wholehumancoaching.com. And on all of our socials, you can find us at Whole Human Coaching. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. If you want to learn more about who we are and who we work with, find us at wholehumancoaching.com. You can find us everywhere on our socials, on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Whole Human Coaching.